Welcome in to the Extra Points NFL Podcast. Gabriel Flewellen here. Welcome back, everybody. How are we doing? Happy Friday. Happy Feel Good Friday. And we're back. I know I've said that just about every single episode for the past couple of weeks now. Once that we, once like preseason stuff like that started, but we are officially back, everybody. Yesterday was NFL kickoff, the very first game of the NFL season, and oh my goodness, it did not disappoint. It was absolutely incredible. And I may just be biased because, like I said, I am a Bills fan, born and raised in Buffalo, but I was just so incredibly hyped for this season. And getting a matchup between two potential Super Bowl teams, even though um, I might need to kind of hold the horses on that a little bit, which I'll get into in a little bit here. But get getting a high-quality game between two high-quality opponents, and oh my goodness, it, it lived up to everything I could have wished for and more. And it still hasn't quite hit me. It still hasn't quite hit me that, like, t- today's Friday, and then tomorrow, you know, it's a day off, it's Saturday, blah, 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 but still hasn't hit me that Sunday it is going to be a full slate of football games. And I feel like that is kind of just because I'm so used to watching the Bills at 1 p.m. on a Sunday. So now I, it, I, I know like in the back of my head, obviously, like this Sunday, I'm not going to be sitting down at 1 p.m. watching my team. I'll be watching something else, probably like the, I don't know, Browns, Panthers or whatever the hell uh, NFL decides to air from my area. But we're back, and it, it, it just still hasn't clicked to me that, oh my god, we finally, finally have a Sunday slate of games. We have, we're going to have a Monday night football, which will make your Mondays, so like my, I don't know, Mondays back to work, back to school after the weekend, but knowing that there's going to be a game at night makes it all so much better for me, so much easier to stomach. Uh, we're, we're back into the swing of things, so that means... When I go to the gym, you can see like game previews and stuff on in the backgrounds all over the place. I love it. Oh my goodness, I'm so so incredibly hyped. And like I said, it was it was a great game. At least at least to me, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, my fam, I enjoyed watching it with my family, of course. My younger brother's um, getting in on the on the football action. He's he, he's awesome. He the kind of the season he started. At least during the off season, he was talking like with my father and I a little bit more, um, and he's he, he's an athletic kid too, and he, he's starting to get into football, and so I've liked talking football with him, kind of like telling him about everything, and he watched the whole game with us last night, which is super cool, and yeah, it, it was just a great time getting down there watching some some real NFL football finally for the first time in what feels like years, but. But, 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 with that being said, it was an interesting game, I think is really the best way for me to put it, because when, at least in my preview, which if you guys go back and listen to, even in retrospect, I just want to say I pretty much called every single thing about the game yesterday, except for the final score, the final outcome, which I'll get into in a minute here. It was a weird game. It was unusually sloppy, I want to say, on both sides. 
there were seven total turnovers. The Bills had four, the Rams had three. That's ridiculous. And I know that it is like week one, the Rams really didn't play any starters in the preseason. The Bills played starters for what? I don't know. A drive. Allen had three passes in the preseason. So maybe that can kind of explain it away. And it's two defenses that are very prone at turning the ball over. Um, by that, I mean they both, at least last season, they had a large amount of turnovers. Um, they were able to capitalize on interceptions, forced fumbles, stuff like that. And we really saw that come through yesterday. Um, Allen obviously threw two picks. Um, neither were really his fault. Uh, the first one definitely wasn't. The second one, you can make an argument. And then three from Stafford, which uh, one or two of them were tips. And then one was just a horrendous throw. And then the Bills obviously had two fumbles as well from their, from their running backs. And, man, I mean, looking past all that, there's just so many... So many different storylines out today from last night's game. And it, it and it's crazy because it was only the very first game of the season. And I, I know it was kind of the same last year. It's just the, the first game. Everyone kind of just wants to... Th- I, don't, I don't know. It's the first NFL action, so everyone kind of feels like it's ne- like they need to or it's apropos to overreact to it. Like last year with the Bucks. Um, Cowboys, everyone was like, oh my god, like these are the two best teams in the NFC, look at how great of a game it was, blah blah blah, Tom Brady will be an MVP, look how good he did, and sure enough, he was an MVP candidate, but I don't know, we, 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 we tend to overreact to the first game, or at least things that happened from it, but like, I, like I've been saying, there's just been so much that's went on, um, at least yesterday, and I watched the entire game. Um, I went back and I watched some of it. I watched some highlights. I watched some, uh, just some like like the like the film back, just going over the um, highlight packages or the recorded game and watching through it again, just to really look at some plays, game formations, what happened, blah blah blah. And there's a lot that I want to cover. Uh, and really, the first thing, at least the thing that stuck out to me was, it, it was Josh Allen. And if you, if you go on to uh, YouTube or just the television and you go out to uh, go on to all the sports networks and you see what they're talking about. Everybody is talking about Josh Allen and his dominance. Uh, you can see a bunch of tweets that came out last night from other NFL players, from celebrities, from people like LeBron James, just all saying like, oh my goodness, look at this dude. And look at what Josh Allen's doing. Because even though he had those two picks and that really does put a pretty big blemish on his overall stat line, he was incredible. Incredible. He was 26 of 31, which is, I believe, it, um, I, I saw something came out to about 84% completion percentage, which was his highest he's ever had in a game. 297 passing yards, which, I mean, that, that, that's not too many. He's thrown for a lot more, but I mean, when you consider the team that he was playing, the Super Bowl champions... That's that's pretty darn good. Three touchdowns and then two interceptions. Like I said, the two interceptions really stick out like a sore thumb here. Um, but he also logged 10 carries. He had over 50 rushing yards and another rushing touchdown where he pretty much ran through Bobby Wagner to do so. He tried to jump over him, but eventually just had to outmuscle him and extend for the pylon and score. In the Bills offense was a huge question 
going into this game throughout the offseason because they obviously lost Brian Dable. And Ken Dorsey, um, it was he didn't come in because he was the quarterback's coach, but we, we, we really wanted to see his offense and how it would be installed. And the very first drive was essentially flawless. They capped it with a great play call on a third and one where they just ran a little bootleg and um, Gabe Davis broke out wide open, easy touchdown there. That looked great. And then uh, the, the craziest thing is, is even with those two interceptions by Allen and then the two fumbles, I believe Zach Moss had one, James Cook had the other on his very first carry, which was brutal. Definitely put him in the doghouse. He didn't touch the ball again the rest of the game. But man, I mean, the Bills did not punt the ball once. They had those four turnovers, yes, but outside of that, every single one of their drives ended in points. Again. They did that against the Patriots in the playoffs. Uh, They might have punted once against the Chiefs, I can't remember for sure, but this is the fourth time that the Bills have had a game where they just didn't punt on offense in the last year. The fourth time. That's ridiculous. Their offense picked up right where it left off, even with... Isaiah McKenzie kind of getting out-muscled and having the ball snagged from his hands, which turned into an interception. Even with that, even with a great throw to Jamison Crowder that he was pretty much settling in to catch, but the Rams defender just stepped in front of it at the last second. Even with that, even with James Cook getting a carry and fumbling the ball the very first time he touched it, he ran to the outside, got like a yard or two, and fumbled. It was a great play by the Rams' defense, and they recovered. And then they were in, I believe, pretty close to the red zone there. Um, They lost, obviously, the Isaiah McKenzie interception. Well, the one to him, they were like right right about at the 20, right outside the red zone. So that definitely cost him points. This James Cook fumble, that definitely cost him points. Zach Moss, he fumbled it when the Bills were relatively close to the red zone. That cost points. Jamison Crowder, if he would have caught that ball or if the ball would have gotten to him, or if it just wouldn't have been intercepted, they would have been in decent field goal range towards the end of the half to maybe get some points there. Even with those four turnovers, four bad breaks, the Bills still blew out the Rams by 21 points, by three scores. Insanity. I can talk about that all night. Obviously, Josh Allen had a couple highlight plays. He stiff-armed the heck out of... um, I'm completely blanking on the guy's name. I think Nick Scott, number 33 for the for the Rams. He stiff-armed him into the dirt. That was insane. He had a couple plays where he was running into linebackers to pick up first downs. He, he just looked like a machine, really picking up where he left off, minus the two turnovers. And I, I, I can talk about that all day, but one of the things that I mentioned in the preview that I wanted to go over, my X factor of the game I said I didn't say that it was Allen because for the most part I said I knew what we were going to get. And the Allen that we got is pretty much what I expected to get, uh, minus the turnovers. I said that Matt Stafford was going to be the X factor because if, if Matt Stafford were to play well um, like he did in like the first half of the Super Bowl, that's what I said in the preview, I thought the Rams would have won the game. And Matt Stafford had a good drive where he was – Surgical, moved the offense down the field, hit Cooper Cup. It looked just like normal last year. Great 11-play drive or so, eight up, five, six minutes a clock, ended with a TD strike to Cooper Cup. 
That's all. That's that's exactly what I expected. That's that's good, Matt Stafford. But I also did mention that if we get the second half of the Super Bowl, Matt Stafford, or the second part, I guess after he started hot when he had those two interceptions and he just couldn't get the offense moving, I said if we got that version of Matt Stafford, the Rams don't have a chance. And that's why I said he was my X factor, because depending on which Matt Stafford we got would have decided the outcome of this game, and sure enough it did, except not in the way that I thought. I predicted that Matt Stafford would have a good game and that the Rams would come out on top 31-28, to when in all reality it was 31-10 to Bills. We got the bad Matt Stafford. He had, like I said, I, I don't want to put too much on his interceptions because... Um, I believe one went off of Cooper Cup's hands into the air and was picked off by Jordan Poyer. That's crazy. I mean, Cooper Cup, Offensive Player of the Year, dude's a stud. He had like 13 catches, 120-something yards, a touchdown last night. He's incredible. So a ball to go off his hands, even though it was thrown a little bit high and being picked off, I, I don't want to ding him too much for that. Then there was another one. that where The ball was just pet, um, batted up into the air at the line of scrimmage by Boogie Basham. He picked it off. I... <laughs> It happens. That's another play where it just happens. It's unfortunate. But the other interception, the third one that I'm going to talk about, I believe it was his first of the game, though. It was just terrible. I don't know. I mean, there was a receiver in the area, but he just threw the opposite way. In the Bills' corner, Dane Jackson, he was able to just take an easy interception and take the Rams out of probably scoring some points as to where they were. So... If, if I, I don't know if that's just if maybe Stafford just felt some pressure. I don't know if it was um, related to his arm, which we've been hearing a ton about at least through the off season, where it was like, oh, he had a he had a baseball pitcher's type injury. He had surgery in his elbow or something like that because it hurt. I don't know if that was it. I don't know what, but Stafford just looked off. He looked like bad Matt Stafford and. The only difference is, is this time, the rest of his team did not play well enough to make sure that they would win anyways, or they were just facing too good of an opponent to be able to, I guess, tolerate Stafford playing poorly. And, I mean, I I don't want to put it all on him because he was sacked seven times, which brings me into kind of my next point here, and that was one of my key matchups, at least, that I mentioned in the preview was the Bills' D-line against the Rams O-line because the Rams O-line lost Whitworth, lost um, another one of their guards or tackles, and they were starting some new guys. They had Joe Nopum, who I said they were really banking on playing well, and he was matched up against Von Miller. And I said if the Bills D-line, that they just revamp and revamp and revamp every single season, if they can win their matchup against the Rams O-line, it, it, it's, it's not going to matter for the Rams because I said that the Rams wide receivers were key in playing against the Bills secondary due to Tredavious White being out. And whenever Matt Stafford had time, the the Bills corners couldn't really stick with anybody. I mean, how can you cover Cooper Cup? You really can't. But the Bills defensive line did so well at getting after Stafford that he just didn't have the time to complete his reads, to sit in the pocket, make a clean throw, wait for his guys to get open, etc. And that's what I mentioned in the in the pregame. Um, or the preview, I said that that I, I, I thought that the Rams wide receivers would win the matchup against the Bills corners, but if the Bills defensive line came through, then it would be all for naught. And that's exactly what happened. 
The Bills' defensive line just terrorized Matt Stafford. Von Miller had a not really coming out party because everyone knew he's great, but kind of just wanted, I guess, I don't know. He came in and put a, put a stamp saying, hey, I'm still me. I'm still him. He had two sacks. He had a bunch of pressures. He had a couple of tackles. And Joe Noteboom stood up well at first against him, but then Von Miller was just having his way. Just pressures and sacks. And he was just, it seemed like he was constantly in the backfield. And it really threw Stafford off. And that's what led to one of the interceptions. Just having pressure in his face, not having enough time. Threw it a little high to Cooper Cup. Off his hands. Bang. That's a pick. Pocket closing in too fast. Tries to get, get rid of it too quickly. Boogie Basham throws his hands up. Deflects it in the air. Picks it off. There you go. The Bills defensive line rolled the Rams offensive line. And that's a huge issue. Because... The offensive line, I feel like it doesn't get enough credit with how important it is, and that really came into play last night. Von Miller had two sacks, Jordan Phillips had one and a half, AJ Epinesa had one and a half, Boogie Basham had a sack, Greg Russo had a sack. Just ridiculous, just constant pressure in the face of Matt Stafford, which definitely is one of the contributing factors as to why he just did not look great at all. And again, I, I, I hate being that guy that's kind of like bashing Matthew Stafford. I don't want to put this all on him, but the Rams' offense in general just could not move. Cam Akers just wasn't out there. Why? I have no idea. Daryl Henderson got the lion's share of the carries, and when Cam Akers was out there, he just didn't look good at all. So they couldn't run the ball whatsoever. They couldn't pass the ball. The Rams had a total, um, like, it, I, I believe at some point in the... Um, in the fourth quarter, a graphic showed up saying that the Rams only had 150 total yards of offense. That's ridiculous. They ended with a total net of 191 passing yards. That's a net, obviously, taking away the sack yardage. But then they had 50 total rushing yards. So as a team, they had about 250 total net yards, which is just pitiful. You're, you're the reigning defending Super Bowl champs. And you have Sean McVay, who it was announced prior that he and Les Snead are officially, quote-unquote, extended. Um, Even though that news kind of broke a little while ago, I did a podcast on that. But Sean McVay is boy wonder. He's, he's, He's the genius. He's the mastermind. And yesterday, the play calls were dink and dunk down the field for maybe two, three yards. Balls bouncing off of Tyler Higbee's face all the time. Drops by... Cooper Cup that turned into an interception. Allen Robinson just nowhere to be seen. I mean, come on. They had Ben Skoranek as one of their leading receivers. It was just ridiculous. He was the second best like wide receiver behind Cooper Cup. Obviously, Higby and Henderson had more yards, but that's a tight end of running back. Their second wide receiver was Skoranek. I, I don't know, man. Their, their offense just looked... It was off. They had some some huge issues there on their offense, and it's something that they need to fix, and we're going to need to see how they do it. If it starts with their O-line, if it starts with just chemistry, or maybe it was just because they didn't play in the preseason, they were off. Whatever it is, I don't know, but it's something they need to figure out. And then finally, the last thing that I wanted to say is, in the preview I was talking about the Rams' defense, how there's Aaron Donald, and he's always going to get his. Well, he did. He had a sack or two. He did well. I said there was Leonard Floyd who usually comes up. He might get his. I believe he had a sack. Maybe he and Aaron Donald each had a sack. 
Um, for the most part, they were subdued because of the Bills' offensive line and just how they were running and scheming. And like I said, it was an incredible game called by Ken Dorsey. But either way, they still essentially did their jobs. They got pressure and they got a hit. Not too many pressures at all, but they, they got to the quarterback. The Rams' defense forced fumbles. Rams' defense had some interceptions as well. The one thing about the defense was their other star, was Jalen Ramsey. And in the preview, I said that I feel like everyone just kind of sour on Jalen Ramsey right now. Or maybe I spoke on this in the NFL like top 100 list when he was in the top 10. But everyone's last impression of Jalen Ramsey was his getting was him getting cooked in the Super Bowl. And for the most part, everyone just kind of dismissed that, saying like, "Hey, he's Jalen freaking Ramsey. He's arguably the best cornerback in the league right now. He can have a bad game. Everyone does." whatever. But now it's two in a row because he got obliterated. He got lit up. He looked like Eli Apple in the Super Bowl. He was bad last night. And that that's that's doing him justice. That is me being nice by saying he looked bad. Because in all reality, he looked so much worse than that. He got burned by Diggs for a long 53-yard touchdown where Diggs just ran by him. And Diggs isn't the quickest guy. He's fast, yes, but he's not just a John Brown, Will Fuller type of blow by it. He's not a Tyree Kill guy. And he, he, he just blew by him. He just ran in a straight freaking line, cooked Jalen Ramsey, tripped and fell, still managed to catch the ball over him for a 53-yard touchdown, which eventually made the game 31-10. to he was, he, he was getting just destroyed all night. Diggs had him on short routes, on long routes, on intermediate routes. Isaiah McKenzie burnt him for a decent gain up the sideline. It was just left and right. It was Gabe Davis catching balls over him. It was Stefan Diggs burning him for big gains. It was him not being able to tackle Devin Singletary when he's getting on runs. It was, it was, it was just ridiculous to see. It was just uncharacteristic. I remember sitting there saying, like, Where's Jalen Ramsey? And sure enough, he's there. You can see him on the field, but he, he just didn't have an impact. And it, it was the weird thing because we started the game and I was just thinking to myself, I'm, I'm assuming Jalen Ramsey's just going to be on Stefan Diggs the whole game. It's going to be a big Gabe Davis game because we're just going to avoid Jalen Ramsey. Well, we, it started that way, and that's how Gabe Davis got his touchdown. Um, Diggs was getting covered by Ramsey. Diggs got a couple catches for five, six, seven yards, stuff like that. And then he hit some long bombs to Gabe Davis and bam, touchdown. But then Allen just started throwing at Diggs and Ramsey just wasn't covering him. Well, he, he, he was in coverage, but he just didn't do anything. He didn't stop anything. And then Allen just kept going right back at him. It was like he was saying, like, hey, like Jalen Ramsey, like, remember remember when you called me trash however long ago it was, four years ago? Check this out. And he just did not back down. It was bam, completion with Ramsey in coverage, 10 yards. Bam, completion with Ramsey in coverage, 5 yards. Bam, 53-yard touchdown with Ramsey in coverage. They just did not let up on him. And that, that was just ridiculous. And, I mean, 
as for any big takeaways for this entire game as a whole, obviously those are just some of my thoughts on the things that happened. I'll give one for each team, I guess. One for the Bills. I think they're even better than I thought. I think they're even better than I gave them credit for, than the media gave them credit for, and all sorts of stuff like that. Because I was one of the guys that was not down on them, but I was saying, hey, like let's, let's hold off on the hype. They haven't shown anything yet. Because I'm, I'm old enough to know to remember last year when they had the exact same amount of expectations going into Week One against the Steelers, who the Bills were supposed to destroy, and they got kind of embarrassed. They didn't look good, and so I was saying, let's just let them prove it first. I didn't think that Von Miller would be that big of a difference. I didn't think he would come out that soon. I thought he was just going to be a guy that would hopefully show up in the playoffs, nothing more, nothing less. And yesterday, he was, more than that, he was a game changer. And the Bills, I mean, like I said, I am a Bills fan. I didn't think they'd be that good. I think the Bills are just about as good as everyone thought they could be, and maybe even a little more than that. That's my takeaway for Buffalo. And is it an overreaction Friday, I guess? Hell yeah, it is. So I'm going to buy in and overreact. But... That's just what I see from the Bills' point of view. And then getting to the Rams, they need to fix that offense. Is it one game? Yeah. Did they play in the preseason? No. Do they have all the excuses in the world to be a little rusty? Yes. Are they still a good team? Yes, I think so. I don't think they'll win the division because I have the 49ers winning it, which will get into my prediction episode, which I'm hoping to record tomorrow for you guys. But... They're a good team. But that offense, there were some issues. Cam Akers, he was supposed to have a huge year. Non-existent. Zero yards total. Daryl Henderson, he's he's your number one back. I mean, he looked good yesterday, but really? I mean, he's he's solid, but everyone was expecting a huge Cam Akers year. And if Daryl Henderson can have that, that's fine, but still a question mark. Then Matthew Stafford was last season a one-off. I don't think so personally, but that's what people can start to ask. I mean, he 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 didn't play well, and I, I don't know the receivers. They Van, Van Jefferson was out, yeah, but Allen Robinson was supposed to be a huge pickup. You gave him almost fifty million dollars, and he's non-existent. One catch for twelve yards. Ben Skoranek is one of your top guys. Tyler Higby's dropping things, having passes bounce off his face. Like, what the heck? It's just one week. Not trying to overreact to it, but I guess I am. Rams, you guys got an issue on that offense. Your offensive line, depth behind your pass catchers, something you got to figure out. You got to figure it out quick. Now, next up, I just wanted to talk about kind of some week one headlines, some big storylines heading into our our first official full slate of games happening on Sunday and Monday, um, right after the the Bills game. I obviously just went over that, um, but the, we, we we have some big games this week, and I feel like a lot of them are going to be really exciting. And there, there's a lot that I'm really looking forward to watching. And so I just kind of wanted to bounce around, really touch on, I guess, the biggest things in line for each of these games. And I wanted to start with the 49ers and the Bears. Now. Most of you guys would probably know if you've been listening. I'm very high on the 49ers and very low on the Bears. And 
I get it right out the gate. This is really where I get to see if this prediction of mine will hold up. I thought the Bears would have the very first overall pick this upcoming season. And I think Trey Lance can be a stud. So we're going to have to see it. It's going to be exciting seeing what the 49ers look like. And really, it, it it's kind of a trial run for them. They're facing an opponent they should beat. They're facing a terrible opponent on paper. Everything is lining up for them. The only thing is, is that they're not at home when they're doing it. And that, that shouldn't matter. So really for the 49ers, it's kind of the litmus test to see like, hey, Trey Lance, I mean, come on. You, you get a little bit of an easy, easy game to ease your way into the season. Get this offense rolling. Get everyone, um, I guess, happy. Get started on a good note. And that's something that I can't wait to see. Like I said, love the 49ers, hate the Bears this season, should be a blowout, but still, Trey Lance is definitely intriguing. Um, Steelers and Bengals, that's a pretty big one, only in the sense that it's it, it's the quarterbacks I want to see. The Bengals obviously are completely revamped in a good way. Steelers are revamped in kind of a bad way. I mean, their offense could be great, but they're just a big question mark. Could the Steelers pull, pull an upset? Yes, 100%. Their defense could shut Joe Burrow down and stuff like that. I don't think that that's out of the question, but we just need to see what Mitch Trubisky can do and see if he's going to be a long-term guy there. By long-term, I mean play maybe the full season or if he's going to be replaced soon. And then the Bengals, they spent a ton of money in free agency. They built stuff behind Joe Burrow. They gave him what he wanted. Let's see if you can let, I don't know, just prove that last year getting to the Super Bowl wasn't a fluke. Uh, then there's a couple of just kind of no... I, I don't know, just some nonsense games in there. Like Eagles-Lions, Eagles should destroy them. Ravens-Jets. Jets are without Zach Wilson now for about four weeks, it came out, when apparently there was news that he might play week one. Now he's out for four weeks. Joe Flacco on the Jets. Dwayne Brown is now out. Mekhi Becton's out. Jets are a mess again. Ravens. I, I, I picked him as my survivor pick for an, in a survivor pool. They should obliterate the Jets. Patriots and Dolphins, that should be a little bit interesting, but I mean, really just seeing what Tua can do with that offense. Patriots, everyone thinks they're going to be a mess. It's really just that I'm going to need to come out and show everybody if they will or won't be. Jags, Commanders, I could not care less for that game, but one of my favorite games of this weekend, Browns and Panthers. Oh my goodness, the juicy storylines. Baker Mayfield, can he get his revenge? The Browns, what are they going to look like with Jacoby Brissett? Can he keep him afloat? long enough until Deshaun Watson comes back. And honestly, are the Browns even a halfway decent team, Watson or not? Is their defense going to be okay? Is their offense going to be okay? Like, like what's going to happen? And against the Panthers. Like I said, Panthers, I, I have as a dark horse playoff contender. Baker Mayfield, he, he can do stuff. He's a good player. I don't know what's going to happen. That's it's it, that's an exciting game to me. I, I just can't get enough of storylines behind it, everything like that. I think it's going to be such a great game. I think the Panthers are going to pull it out. I, I really, really do. I think it would be great for Baker Mayfield. I think it would be, honestly, probably the biggest win in his career just to stick it to the Browns, but that's just going to be such, it's such a great rival game. I'm assuming that that's going to be the one that's broadcasted to just about everybody. Colts and Texans, I think it'll be close to the normal, but Colts should win. If the Titans don't beat the Giants, there's a huge issue here. And then we get a couple more entertaining games in the afternoon slate. Packers-Vikings. I'm huge on the Vikings. You guys know I love them. Packers, I love their defense. I don't know what their offense is going to be like. 
And that also plays into the idea of the Chiefs and Cardinals. I don't know what the Chiefs offense is going to look like. The Packers and Chiefs, it, we're, we're going to finally, finally be able to see what Mahomes and Rodgers looks like without Hill and Adams, respectively. Um, both of them, in a limited sample size without them, are like undefeated. I think both of them are. I think Rodgers is like 7-0 and and Mahomes is like 8-0. and So it'll be really, really interesting to see what they do when they're facing a decent team and the Chiefs are playing the Cardinals, who are a decent team, and the Packers are playing the Vikings, who I think are a great team, but at the very worst, the Vikings are a decent team. So we're really going to see, are the Chiefs for real, or are the Packers for real? Are the Vikings for real? Are the Cardinals for real? These are two games with huge stakes for all four teams. The Cardinals are obviously without DeAndre Hopkins, and the Vikings, they're really looking to take lead. They always play Green Bay well. They're at home. They want this division. It's, it's, they have a loaded roster. I think they can do it. I'm really excited. I'm so excited to see the Vikings offense, Packers offense, Packers defense, Chiefs offense, Cardinals just in general. It'll be interesting. Raiders, Chargers, Carr and Herbert. I, oh my goodness. Every single AFC West matchup is just going to be insane. Absolutely insane. Just the amount of upgrades these teams have. Like Devontae Adams now on the Raiders. But the Chargers added J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. And oh, oh my goodness. It's just... oh, It's going to be so exciting. I cannot even explain how excited I am to watch this. Chandler Jones on the Raiders too. Chargers have a revamped O-line. Herbert's supposed to be an MVP candidate. Carr's a dark horse MVP candidate. It's going to be fireworks. Buccaneers-Cowboys. Rematch of last year's Week 1 game. I'm not too excited about this one just because each team is so banged up. I feel like it's just going to be a really, really crappy game. Tom Brady, I I have no idea how he's going to look. I mean, with everything coming out about how apparently Giselle's really pissed at him, uh, Tom Brady just seems upset now. And apparently he's like calling out his offensive linemen, his receivers, and everybody's hurt. And, And now Dak's apparently hurt. I mean, Chris Godwin, we don't know if he's going to play. Um... Yeah, Tyron Smith is out. It, just two really, really injured teams with that always have super high expectations. And I mean, we'll see. But I don't think this is going to be a great game at all. It, it's it's a Sunday night game. Two high market teams. And it, all in all, it should be a great game. I mean, it's Tom Brady versus America's team. But just with the states of their rosters right now, I don't think it's going to be too great. And then last but not least, obviously, it's Russ's revenge game, Broncos-Seahawks. That should be pretty exciting. I'm excited for it. I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson fan. Everybody knows that, but I do love me a good old-fashioned revenge game, so that'll be fun to watch. Um, I don't really have any rooting interest in this game. I never liked the Seahawks, and part of it was because of Russell Wilson. I don't know why. I just I just could never get behind the Seahawks or Russell Wilson. I still struggle to, even though he's a good dude, stuff like that. It's just he, He's just a little much for me. And... The Broncos now, I mean, with Russell Wilson. So it's, it's I already don't like the Seahawks. I liked the Broncos. Russell Wilson, like I said, he's a little much for me. I don't know. We'll see. I just hope it's an entertaining game to watch Monday night. But, yeah, with that being said, that is all that I really have for you guys today. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys enjoyed the game last night. Hope you guys are looking forward to an incredible weekend of football. Well, hopefully it is incredible. And also hoping to have... A podcast for you guys tomorrow, Saturday as well. So be on the lookout for that. If not, 
I apologize. Hopefully I'll have something out later because I do have a couple things going on tomorrow, but we'll be doing my best to get stuff out to you guys. And um, like I always say, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor, and I'm looking to expand to a couple of different platforms as well. So share me with your friends, family members, everybody. Really helps to spread the podcast, get the name out there, get it growing, get a larger audience, more engagement. Helps out a ton. It's extra points, obviously, with your boy, Gabe Fluellen. And you can find me on Instagram at Gabe underscore Fluellen, G-A-B-E underscore F-L-E-W-E-L-L-Y-N. Leave a comment, leave a review. I would really, really appreciate it. Send me a DM through Instagram, anything you want to talk about, points, compliment, anything like that, critiques, whatever it may be. Always look forward to hearing from you guys. And yeah, um, hope you guys enjoyed the game last night. Enjoy the weekend. Hopefully I'll be talking to you guys tomorrow. Talk to you guys soon, if not tomorrow. Have a good one. Peace out, y'all.